0: Well, hello guys. We want to welcome you to our podcast here. This is KennyMack.com and we're glad you decided to join us. Today we have two special guests. We have to my right, we have Susan. Hello, Susan. How are you doing? Hey Kenny. You doing great? And what are you all right? Yeah, I'm good. Oh, okay, good. okay. That was pretty, that's pretty calm for Susan, if y'all know her. And then to my left is her husband, Tim. And uh, Tim, what's going on? Yeah, it's great to be
1: here. Thank you, Kenny, for asking
0: us <laughs> okay. To come and talk. All right, I'm I, pumped up. You know what? These are two special people and I love them. Listen, just to give you a little <laughs> heads up of why I wanted to have them on today. And uh, besides the fact that Tim begged me to let him come on the podcast, that was part of it. That's true. But uh, anyway, not really. But anyway, uh, you know what? These guys, have known them for a long time. But, you know, when I first became the missions pastor at Liberty, uh, one of the first things we did was ad- adopt a people group, the Chadian Arabs. And we can say that because we're no longer working there. And uh, we had a guy from our, our church going there and we adopted the chatting Arabs, and that meant we were going to adopt them like we do a baby and so i began to look around and think who would be good at this and so i approached him and susan i don't know who i talked to first but i approached them and uh, you know what i think it was susan said "Uh, what does that mean and i said I don't know but listen <laughs> something like that wasn't it
2: it was that yeah was our history with uh working with the teddy and eric <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: what do we do next
0: yeah what do we do i don't know Just keep doing it yeah. if, if you've seen the eds commercial where they're building the plane while they're flying and you know how they build a part it's kind of what it was like wasn't it guys
1: yeah yeah and i remember this uh is like okay yeah we'll do it uh, give us the manual tell us what to do yeah, and you we're, right. we were like there is no manual and uh, just do what you think god's telling you to do and that's basically what we did well and we started that and you know what was kind of cool they did it for nine years
0: we actually stayed in the partnership for 18 years before we we moved on to others but uh out of that uh probably about five or six years into it uh the international mission board came to us and asked us to write up a little we did a little booklet it's called holding the ropes and that is on my website kennymack.com and you can look under the resources, and I have a PDF file of the book, and uh, we are not responsible for the artwork. That was someone else, so I'm just going to say that right off the top, but you know what? Uh, Some of the things that we learned through that partnership and some of the things we did through that that came out of that. The cool thing is um, Tim and Susan, after they stopped being the advocate team leaders, continued on in other capacities in our church, but you know what? It came to a point in their lives, and I'm going to kind of let them tell about it, but Um, You know, what happened was, I'll give the bottom line here. Bottom line, they were in a very successful, a very large uh, company in our area. Tim's family had been in it for years. And uh, they said, you know what, we're going to sell out. And he sold his portion to his brother. And they took that money and they have been self-funding themselves, working with the IMB for the last how long?
2: Three and a half years. Three and a
0: half years. Ago. Wow! Wow! So, so you know, I, I, Susan, I'm going to look at you and I'm going to say, "Okay, why in the world you just built your dream house, right? We did." And we did. I mean, and, and I can attest that it was it was a good dream house. And uh, why do you want to sell that thing? Why do you want to go overseas?
2: <laughs> well, it's not not a matter of want necessarily. It was a matter matter of need, because we knew at one point that God was saying we had to do this. Um, So we, uh, through the process, I knew that I would always end up in Africa one day, Um, but um, Tim really wasn't on board with going overseas, and I wanted to wait until he went. And working with the Chadian Arabs got us overseas. We realized at that point that the thing that was needed most was missionaries needed help. They needed to make sure that they had a connection back in the States. And a lot of our missionaries don't have that connection. And so through that process of learning uh, with the Chadian Arabs, we realized that we could help missionaries better by being overseas.
0: Oh, okay. You know, at one time y'all were thinking about selling out of course your, your business, as far as getting out and Tim, y'all were talking about going and building a guest house in France, weren't you? Yeah, <laughs> Tell yeah. Us about that
1: vision. well, you know, to start off with, it was started with a question and the question was if, uh, if money wasn't the object, what would you want to do with your life? And uh, this was in our home group. And uh, I said, you know, I think I'd like to work with missionaries somewhere in the world. And Susan answered it the same way. And the next thing you know, we're talking about, hey, well, we kind of it the same way. What is God telling us? You know, and at that point, I could have said, oh, you know, God's not telling us anything. Let's just move on. All right. But no, uh, uh, when Susan asked me that question, we started praying and, and figuring out, you know, what was God saying? And uh, you know he uh, he was obviously leading us to do something overseas, and we didn't know what that was. We didn't know what it looked like, so we started saying, "Well, you know, why don't we just buy you know, a nunnery over in France somewhere?" A nunnery. And, and, that yeah. sounds like that sounds and, like some kind uh, of creamery. Yeah, we, had, we, had, we like, had no idea. You ice cream. Yeah, That's great. I mean, it was like we had no idea. We were just kind of fishing, like, okay, God, what are you trying to tell us? And I mean, it, 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 it certainly it uh, took us down different paths that ultimately. We found where God was leading us. But, you know, at first we did—we really didn't know what we were uh, seeking, but God showed us. So Tim's going to buy a nunnery, which is kind of like a convent, right? Kinda well, like, wait, wait. So to, to,
2: to give you a little backstory <laughs> on that. At the time in France, the Catholic Church had been really just losing uh, properties uh, uh, left uh, and okay. right. So it was the easy place to be able to go in and do something. Right. Our goal, was again, was to help missionaries any way we can. And we just figured if we could get there... Yeah. they could they would come to us
0: oh yeah yeah that's awesome and there is such a need you know we've seen that over and over you guys have seen that so so you so you sell out and, and we're, we're gonna kind of backtrack here in a little bit and get into advocates type stuff mm-hmm. and because you've seen both sides you've been on a team in a church right. that work to help support love care for uh, even strategize with missionaries yeah And, um, but you've also seen the other side. So you get overseas and what are some of the things that you see? I mean, tell us the first thing you saw when you got there. You move overseas, you're living in, you're running a guest house. What do you see?
1: Well, uh, that's a long conversation uh, because it took a while for us to see everything. I'm not sure if we've ever, if we've seen everything, but uh, we saw a lot of missionaries just struggling with life. I mean, I I guess that would be the crux of the conversation is just struggling with life in general.
2: One of our dear friends put it to us this way uh, this past year. He said that many of the people who are working in the country we were at um, are busy, constantly busy on the verge of burnout, Mm -hmm. but they had what he called no margins, meaning there wasn't any space to help anybody else do anything. And he said us being there, gave them margins so that they could call us if they needed to. So that was an area that we were able to help them seeing them struggle. We were able to step in with kids, able to step in with ministry opportunities, able to step in with um, giving them rest in other areas. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, So our, our, our uh, desire was to give them a place of peace or an oasis that they can come and just, you know, let their hair down and just relax have a green grass so kids can play parents can feel safe about their environment so um, that's what we were trying to do I think we did it successful for the first three years um, that we were there yeah and you know I, I, I think I think for the person listening to
0: this that's not currently in the missions world I think they need to see that you you know sometimes we we put missionaries upon a pedestal uh, I know do we, we don't we? do we not anymore okay. <laughs> ever since I got back from Russia, I realized that pedestal (laughs) is not existing. And so anyway, but we put missionaries on pedestals. But I I think we need to be careful with that. And I, I think what we also need to realize is they're just normal people. So if I remember correctly, I mean, Susan has a great skill of working with ladies and pinpointing, hey, you need to do this. It'd be good to do that and helping give direction. Tim has some business skills. And when I was there in in your country, I noticed y'all putting that to action. So, for example, uh, guys with business skills—they, they, Tim and Susan went over there, and uh, I know one thing I noticed was uh, Tim—you you started looking around, looking at the books, and you started helping this missionary with his business platform. Right. Yeah. You looked and saw that man—we got this warehouse that that we just put junk in it right. and you ended up getting 1500 a month from the community. People renting it out yep. making money. That's correct. Then you found, was it $90,000 on the books that nobody had ever used That's correct. and turned the place around. And those are business skills right. that businessman we're looking at. And then Susan, you get over there and she's working with the ladies and she's just helping them understand. Susan's not very old at all, but she's a grandma and a lot of hey, life experience. You. You. And so no, seriously, because you've got a lot of life experience, right? And so you were able to sit down with these, uh, some of them young, some of them not so young, some of them not that much younger than you, to be able to sit down and say, what about this and and stuff like that. Well, it was a
2: great opportunity just to love people because um, even when we weren't at our compound, we were back in the States for a short time. I got a phone call or a text from one of our girls and she was just, she just said, I'm walking past your house and I just want to come sit on your couch and talk and you're not here. When are you coming back? Mm-hmm. And that's what it was about. It was about just having an empty couch so people could come sit and talk and, yeah. and um, tell us the stories of the great things happening and, and relieve some of the burdens that were going on.
1: Yeah. 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 yeah and, and uh, as far as missionaries, let me just say this, um, for those who are listening, IMB has uh, some of the finest missionaries in the world. They, they come to the field and they know how to share the gospel. They know how to um, package. I don't want to say package, but you know what I'm trying to say. They can, they can present the gospel in a way that is very um, understandable to those who've never heard the name of Jesus Christ before. But here's one of the things that we saw. These people, a lot of them don't have life experiences. They're coming out of high school, they're going into college, they're going into seminary, and then they go straight out to the field. And they, they, they don't have the, the, the experience to understand how to run a platform, the financial side of the platform. So they struggle on the financial side of their platform, but yet their platform is doing well by going out and sharing the gospel, people coming to Christ. But ultimately, there's a lot of the platforms that have, you know, folded because, you know, yeah, they run out of money.
0: <laughs> well, and, and you know what? I've seen this as a missions pastor that a lot of our like you said, a lot of our guys uh, and they're great people. They're very knowledgeable. But you're right. I, and as a trustee of the IMB, I love the IMB dearly. Yeah. But but I also noticed that, um, you know, we could use people. Uh, there are people in the world that are, let's say 50 and up, that could pay their own way yeah. for for a while and go and create some of those roles like helping love on people, helping just take care of some of this and some of that. They may not be able to learn the language right away because right. us that are yeah. over 50, it gets a little harder. It does, but- We
2: never uh, completely learned the language where we were.
1: Yeah, yeah, you learn to say thank you. We <laughs> did. We
2: learn to <laughs> greet people. Yeah.
1: Greet people and say thank you. And that was, they were happy with that. Yeah, but there are people out there
0: like that that could take their lives and move them overseas. And I I think sometimes um, they don't think that way people in our world and stuff like that. So in just a minute, I'll tell you what, we're going to take a break and uh, we will be right back with Tim and Susan. You know, Tim and Susan, one of the things that I, uh, one of the things that we did at Liberty was this, we had a view of partnerships, that was, if you remember, we call it LTSE, long-term strategic engagement. And, you know, we believe that the people on in the church are as much a part of the team as the people okay. on the field. They just happen to live in the United States. Right. And so with that long-term strategic engagement, I would almost look at it like a discipleship, like, right. like we're working with each other to disciple the people. We're discipling people back home. You're discipling people there. We're working together. But, you know, if you remember, we used to have strategy sessions where when a missionary came home, we would sit yeah. down with them and go through strategies. But, you know, and, and that's the system you guys came up through. Yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm hearing uh, that maybe that's not what you saw when you got to the field. So, Susan, what did you all first see when you got there? Was it anything like that? Or? Oh,
2: that's so true. And we were we were basically appalled in many ways because we thought everybody did what we called advocacy. Everybody was connected in some way but we talked to missionaries who had been on the field for 15 years and had no church to back them Mm -hmm. because they were being backed by the IMB. There was either a split in their congregation or, or the pastor left or, or, or something happened, but there was no sending church that was going to support them in any way.
0: That's sad. So it is. So when
2: we start talking about advocacy and having connections, they were like, tell me about that. I have no idea what that is. Um, So that's one of the things that, that, that um, is really, really needed. I talked about margins earlier. A, a church that's connected to a, a missionary on the field gives them so many more resources and can help them stay on the field mm-hmm. so much longer just because they have that connection back home.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, that brings me a reminder when you guys were the leaders of our Chadian team and every once in a while we would do a retreat. Mm-hmm. remember that yeah, and damn. we would bring in a music guy a yeah. speaker and, and in all honesty it was kind of hard and Chad to find a place to do a retreat it, <laughs> they, they, you know now they've got a nicer hotel but back then I think we went out to a I don't know what you call it but uh, it's one place in the country that air conditioned. Yeah. and so you know that I remember that very well y'all leading that Tim is that the same thing you saw did you see something different or what did you guys what did, What were your thoughts on yeah, that? yeah
1: so yeah there there is a wide cavern between uh those who don't even know what advocate means Uh, the missionaries don't have an advocate. They don't have a church like Susan was explaining. Uh, But then there's others that, you know, understand it totally and are really great mobilizers of churches uh, back in the States. Uh, There was uh, one couple that we got to know really early on uh, and they just kind of inherited a platform. It was, it was a, a cow farm and a goat platform. Uh, and they knew nothing. I mean, this guy was a football coach, right? So what does he know about cows and goats? So he said, Tim, Tim, come here, come here. Here's, this is what I got. I, I'm, it's cost me $5 a day to feed these cows, uh, each cow, and, his, and I'm getting $1 in revenues. What do you think? And I said, uh yeah, about 30 days from now, you're going to be bankrupt and you're going to be selling your cows because, you know, you can't sustain that. So, But hey, uh, I tell you what, I have a friend who has a cow farm back in the States. Can I just invite him over and kind of just let him pour into you and see what happens? He said, yeah, great. So, you know, it was like four or five months later, uh, they came over, this couple came over and they just poured into this platform. And you know what? Within six months after they left, this uh, platform, the cow farm, the goat farm—it just exploded, and they started seeing the results of their labor, and uh, they did great things with that platform. You know, I'm seeing
0: two different sides. So I'm seeing one side, uh, Susan. You're saying they got nobody. Uh, I don't know whose yeah. fault it is. In one case, it could be the M's fault, right? That, where yeah. they're saying we don't know what this is, and we don't necessarily really care, yeah. you know. And then you've got churches that are splitting, that are yeah. people are moving and
2: blah blah blah
0: or they're losing interest that's right uh you know I'll, I'll give a shout out as a missions pastor those churches that just take a new trip everywhere to someplace different guys stop it stop it you gotta find invest. a place to invest and invest. go yeah. and make it work but I, that's what I'm seeing, you know, two different things. Is that what y'all? As I'm hearing that from the mission field too, though. Yeah, I'm true. Seeing that from it's the true. mission pastor side, but I'm also seeing yeah. it from the church,
1: from yeah. From the mission and field one of the things that we want to do was we want to invest in in our people group. So we're you know so we we run a guest house. Uh, so we want to invest in our people group, which is missionaries. I'm not saying that very well, so you're going to, to edit that. No,
0: we're not going to edit that. We're going to leave it just
1: like that. <laughs> okay, so gonna... let me say that again. Okay, say that uh, again. So we are uh, we run a guest house, and our people group is missionaries, okay? So we wanted to invest in our people group. And the ways we did that, yes, we uh-huh. did uh, spiritual retreats. Uh, we brought in mission teams, uh, individual interns uh-huh. for for a month at a time, we did that for three different kids. Right. So you know, we wanted to invest in our people, good people group, so they could see uh, how it's done and right. how to do it properly. Yeah. No, that's great.
0: And these guys have also, uh, you know, we run a missionary training program called Twenty Four Fourteen, which is where I really love seeing young people get on board with UPGs. And so we train them for a year and then they go work among the UPG for just a week. I mean, they learn everything from story and morality. They get to be in front of some great people. We put them into practice. We teach them about it. But then after they've gone through that program, Tim and Susan have hosted three of our yep. students. Yep, three. And they came in for an extended time over the summer. Yep. And Tim and Susan didn't just have them do stuff. this wasn't like an internship. No. I mean, they didn't have them come in and mow the lawn. Nope. I mean, they sent them up up north of this country yep. where, you know, it, it was a little rough, yep. a little rough. Yep. And, uh, you know, and then they sent another guy south, south yeah. to the country. And, and let me tell you all something. These kids came back, and I had one one student. It was the one guy that went. The other two were ladies, and uh, the one guy came back, and he said, "I won't mention the other country, but the country where we first went." He said, "Man, I don't want to go any place easy like that. I got go to go place hard." And so we're still working with him. His his dad now works with me, and uh, you know, so just some great benefits to having people like the the Tim and Susan on. On the field to do stuff like that so yeah one of the things
1: that we understand is that when you take a short-term mission trip you're seeing the best for you know five seven days that's oh we can do that that's easy but no, come over for 30 days and let's throw you out into the uttermost. You know, let's, throw you, out to, <laughs> let's throw you out so to you the, the bush. You know that s- part of the scripture? Yeah. Let, here it is. Let me <laughs> throw <tell> you <laughs> out to the bush and see what you think after 30 days. And if you can make it in 30 days, you know, maybe you got, you know, you're on the right track. Yeah. Yeah,
0: man, that's that's awesome. And, and, and you know, these guys have really embraced the, the idea that is in the book, Holding the Ropes, the booklet. Uh, you know, they they've lived it out and seen it. And one of the things that they did and kind of backing into this advocacy ideas yeah. before they left, we had done this with our first partnership with them, but before they left, they recruited some teams to support them. Is that right? Tell us a little bit about
2: that. Exactly. We have a couple who are our advocate leaders. Uh, they're responsible for sending out our newsletter that we send to them and keeping um, keeping our prayer update going. Uh, we have different levels of commitment from our team. We have the people who just want to read the newsletter and pray for us. We have the people that want to be more involved. Um, we also have people who want to come. So our team leaders, they work together with these people. And so what we do is we'll, we'll go talk to people and give them all their phone numbers. And then they, we, they have a stateside contact where they're able to talk to somebody, whether they want to come, whether they want to just uh, be on our, our prayer support or be more closely involved.
0: But you know what? It's way more than
2: that. Because mm-hmm. when you guys came home before COVID. That's true.
1: When yeah. you guys came home before COVID, right. Tim,
0: yeah. they mobilized, man. Yeah. And tell us a little bit about what they did there.
1: Yeah. So, um well, <laughs> we called up Kenny and said, Kenny, this was on a Friday. Okay. Uh, we're going to be coming back on a, on Wednesday. We have nothing to come back to. Uh, and this is right at the beginning of COVID. So, You know, you had we're looking at 14 days of quarantine and then we had no idea where we were going to stay, what we're going to do. So uh, after talking to Kenny, we talked to our advocates and within a matter of 48 hours, they had mobilized. They had brought in a uh, RV in their front yard, had all the uh, electricity and the sewer, water, everything was uh, hooked up, ready to go for us. And all we had to do was get there. Uh, once we got off the plane, so mm-hmm. you know they 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 loved on us, they took care of us. It was it was just a a great thing because emotionally at that point we were, I, you know, I guess you can throw out a little PTSD. Yeah, we it, it was like we were put a fork in us. We were done emotionally. But you know
0: what? Even before that, in your time before that, right. they so, found a rent house for you, right? Oh yes. Yeah. So they went in and one of the guys, the leader. Tell us what he, he did. He,
2: he put a, he helped put a floor in. Put a floor he in. Helped that's replace amazing. replace windows, I think. Yeah. So what, what happened is a man was re- renovating one of his rental houses, and another person that's on our team found out about it. Uh, they, they were able to contact him. We were able to uh, get him to agree to rent it to us for three months. And then our team stepped in, cleaned it, did yard work, uh, helped do construction, everything to so be able to get it ready in time for us to move in.
0: Yeah, it was incredible. I didn't even know about the floor until
1: after y'all had gotten here. You yeah, know? I don't know if you understand the impact that had on us because, you know, we have no control. When we come back to the States, and I'm talking about missionaries, missionaries in general, we have no control over events once we, you know, come from overseas back to the States. So to have an advocate to do this for us or for any missionary is huge. Emotionally, it is huge, and I can't express that more powerfully than just to say it is a huge benefit to have an advocate back in the States doing things like that for you.
2: So we know they have our back and that is a a real relief.
1: And and I'll tell you guys as a
0: missions pastor of a large church and and as our head pastor, I mean, we are a large church, but you know, this goes for small churches too, because a lot of times smaller churches, it's one guy, you know, it's one person. And, and so a lot of times, you know, they think, oh, that's for the staff to do. I can't keep up with all of our missionaries and stuff like that. And so to have those advocates is so incredibly important. And and you know what? It was like um, with another partnership, uh, one of our guys, I was just talking to his brother. I got I'm talking to his brother on the phone and he said, yeah, we're kind of, you know, I, I think he was feeling kind of, um, I don't know, like like maybe he wasn't doing enough or anything.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But, but you know what? They had a mom that was home that was, that was, you know, she's older and she needed taken care of. And she had a few memory issues and stuff like this. And I told him, I said, look, you are here. You are on his, your brother's team. And I said, just the fact that your brother can be there. And Tim, this is similar with you right now. I mean, it's, you know, take care of your parents is incredible. I said, "What well, you don't realize what you're doing for the kingdom." Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, people back at home are thinking, "Oh, I'm not doing this, and oh, if I just give this money, I'll be all right." With giving missions, yeah, that's great. Give money, but man, being advocates.
2: Yeah. So um, yeah. to go along with that, other people on our team are also extremely helpful. I mean, my mother is sick. I call someone and say, "Hey, call her, see what's going on." She calls mm-hmm. her, checks on her, gives me a call back. Yeah. Grandson's having a birthday. Hey, can you take this and send this to them? They send it to them. We're able to connect to other people and family because of our advocate team.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to take a timeout right here and we'll be back in just a few minutes. And uh, we have some more things to cover that I'd like to talk about. And we're out.
2: Really? More?
0: You know, one of the things, um, Tim and Susan, that as a, church missions, pastor. Um, I know what I'm looking for. I, I want a certain team. I want somebody that's going to work with me that works with you guys. But I guess what I really want the
1: audience to hear is, uh, what are you guys looking for in an advocate team? Tim, what are you looking yeah. for? Well, let me tell you this. Uh, so since we've been back, um, cause of COVID, uh, my father had fallen and broken his hip and had been in rehab. Uh, for almost a month. And one thing that was really um, great is that we had a patient advocate uh, inside the rehab because the rehab was uh, closed to visitors. So we could not go in and see our dad and you know, see how he's doing. Uh, but this patient advocate went in every day, uh, talked to the doctors, of course, talked to my dad, made sure he was getting his medications, getting his food, whatever he needed Uh, this advocate was, was taking care of it. And, uh, of course the advocate was telling us everything we needed to know. So that is exactly, uh, what we as missionaries, uh, need on the field because we're, you know, we're in Africa. So we needed to have an advocate back in the States doing the exact same thing. You know, someone who can go in and talk to people, talk to groups, talk to Kenny, the, the pastas, pastor, a uh, pastor, uh, a pastor, mission yeah, missionary, whatever. Missions pastor, whatever. <laughs> what are you, Kenny? We don't uh, know. But you know, that, that's a person that we can contact with without trying to talk to a hundred different people.
2: And one of the things I do is I advise people when they're looking for this advocate leader, don't look close to home. When we met our our first missionaries that we were advocate uh, team leaders for, if you'd asked them to pick somebody, they wouldn't have picked us. We knew them. We knew of them. Our kids had a relationship with them, but I don't think we were top on their list, but God had given us a passion to do it, and we ended up sticking with it for a long time. So I, I encourage people to look at someone with the skills needed, not just the love needed.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you mentioned skills. skills. So what are we looking for?
2: Well, we're looking for somebody who is, um, his, is able to organize. We're looking for someone who is able to, um, a go getter basically someone who can make decisions.
0: Yeah. I love making decisions. I know she does. Let me tell you, (laughs)
2: um, I won't say bossy, but yeah, sometimes bossy. Uh, but we also, I mean, that, that's the leadership. We need people who are going to really stick to it and and do what needs to be done when it needs to be done, but there's also other members of the team. We need yeah. people with um, compassion and mercy, the people who can you know pick up the phone and call mom and dad or call um, the grandkids. We need that kind of person. We also need people who just want to who will pray. I'm going to tell you a little story real quick. Um, once when we were um, at home in, in the other country. Tim texted me and just said, pray. I knew something was going on. So I quickly texted out, pray to those people on my team who I knew would pray. Right then we didn't know that God was really doing a mighty work later. We found out that at that very moment, this little bitty lady held back a man with an ax who was after some of our people. So prayer works and we need those people who will commit to prayer.
0: Wow! And ask
1: Tim, what are you, what are you thinking? What are you looking for in an advocate team member, any level? member, whatever. Yeah. So this is what we've learned over the years is that, you know, we, there's some things you don't want to look for. And, you know, quite frankly, it's not your pastor. Uh, it's not necessarily your brother or your sister or your best friends. I mean, you love them. Uh, you have probably a great relationship with them, but, uh, we have found that, you know, let God pick those people, uh, who's going to be your advocate because, uh, like Susan said, the, the, when we were advocates for our mission friends in, in Chad, we, we did not have a relationship with them that we have today. Now we're their adopted grandparents to their kids. Um, so, yeah, you, you want to pray through it and see where God is leading you to. And it might be a friend. It might be an associate, that, that someone that you know, but you don't know that well. But they have the right skill sets that you're looking for. And that's what, you know, Susan was talking yeah, about. But I
2: would also add that we are more like their uncles and aunts, not grandparents. We're not quite that old. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're really young. They're really young. Like
0: I- I'm amazed that you have grandkids at only 32 yourself. So that's pretty cool. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's amazing. things. Let me tell you from a missions pastor side, I wasn't looking for this. I mean, I had known Tim and Susan, let's see, probably eight or 10 years. Uh, I had been in the church, I had moved overseas, come back, was back in the church, and then became missions pastor. But I, I I really wasn't looking for this, but this was a side benefit that I realized later was that Tim and Susan had their own business, and the benefit of that was Tim could could have the freedom to do things that you Tim might does. not can yeah. do in a corporate setting. Like, for example, Tim could say, you know, I'm going on a trip, you know, and, and I'm leaving for a week. And I'm going to lead this trip. And, and he didn't lead every trip. He oh. had other people lead trips, right. but he could go. Uh, Susan, the same way, when they have their own business, they can just go yeah. and do. And that was an incredible benefit that I saw. And I'm right. not saying look for that, and I'm not saying you have to find that. But I'm just saying that was a neat benefit that I saw the Lord putting together later that I didn't realize. Yeah.
1: yeah, I think one of the things, the key word is that we had passion to do it and we didn't even know what we were doing, but we had passion. (laughs) We had passion for it. Hey, give it to uh, me any day. Yeah. And and we, and we did, we did everything that we thought God
2: was telling us to do.
1: Uh, And some things went really well and other things, ah, we probably wouldn't do that again.
2: So the other thing that I thought was important was commitment. And fortunately for Tim and I, we are, we commit. Um, And, when you're taking on or looking for a person to take on this role you don't want the person that's going to commit for a season you want someone who's going to commit to the cause Mm -hmm. to the work that you're going to be doing
0: you know what i found interesting too when we started this um and rightly so it's one of those things that you never know how it's going to end up you know we started out saying we had a love for the for the people group right but i will tell you from the church side from the missions pastor side uh, that was difficult. It mm-hmm. really, really was. Yeah, no. And so to teach the people in America how to love a people group they've never seen right. uh, was very hard. But what I did see happen was, and maybe this is right or wrong, I don't know, when they had a connection uh, because the people in Chad were former staff members yeah. that had left our church and gone out. That was huge. And I've seen the same thing with you guys because y'all have been around for this, y'all are members of this church 35, 40 years now. Yeah. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And so, know yeah. you know, a lot of people. And so as y'all have gone out, I mean, it's the kind of the same thing. So I really like the idea. We, we have some partnerships that we connect with people that never were out of church. Incredible. Yeah. But I will say this, these advocate teams work really well when we're sending out our own people. Yeah. It really yeah. takes upon yeah. a huge all new level. And I will tell you, not all the missionaries from your church are going to get it. I mean, we've seen that we've sent people out, tried to talk to them about advocacy teams and uh, it, it fell on deaf ears to start off with. And so we've seen that happen with several of our teams that have gone out, but, but others that have grabbed onto it like you guys, man, we've seen incredible things happen. So I think that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Kenny, I'll just say this about advocacy and advocates for missionaries. You know, missionaries don't even know what they're getting themselves into until (laughs) they, until they get out there. I mean, Let's face facts. I mean, uh, living in a third world country, uh, you know, where electricity, running water, Internet, they're, they're all optional. They're, that's not necessarily given uh, that you're going to have these kind of things. I mean, learning the culture, learning the language. I mean, any one of those is enough to, um, you know, really demoralize the person, the missionary, because uh, that's just not the culture, the heart, you know, it's not the culture they come from or their heart language. So being an advocate is such a uh, a vital, important role um, to just stay in touch and to encourage, to say, keep on going. We're praying for you. We're here for you, whatever it takes to encourage the missionary to stay on the field. That's ultimately what the advocate's trying to do.
2: Tim, this reminds me of one of the stories we told in the book, Holding the Rope. We said that for military personnel, Mm. it takes nine people, Behind every one soldier on the front line. That's right. That's their to their their statistics. So, what does it take to keep one missionary family on the front line?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And and, and you know what?
0: From the church side, let me say this. And, and of course, for, for those listening, I, I, I served briefly, not very long on the field because my wife got hurt. We had to come home. So my experience is way beyond on the church side than is anything else. But I will tell you, um, from the from the church side, you know what. What? All right. We are, we are here. We had a little hiccup. That hiccup was in my brain. <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. So we had to stop it and we're reloading. We're back. I got it. I got it. We wrote this stuff down, but anyway, having fun here. Look, you you know, one of the things that I wanted to get across as, as a church guy, and I keep saying that because we want you to understand that, that this is um there's not missionary in church. They're all kind of connected, but mm-hmm. but you know what? We are the ones commissioned to send people out. And mm-hmm. so if you're relying upon the organization to do everything, that's to me, that's wrong. I mean, we need to be engaged. I get that like with our denomination, it's the International Mission Board, but with I was with a different organization when I went overseas. And you know what? It's not up to that organization yeah. to do everything. They do some great things and they are a great organizations. They train people, they work with them, they help set strategy, they help work with strategy. But you know what? They're not everything. And so I believe the scriptures teach us that we need to be heavily engaged. So I would encourage all the pastors, mission pastors, whoever's out there to see yourselves not as a side thing. To the IMB, but as you're a integral partner and you need to be engaged, and I think that's the way you guys feel. Is that right, Tim?
1: Yeah, yeah. So finishing up the story about the the nunnery is that, of course, we didn't nunnery. We didn't yeah. do the nunnery. My favorite ice cream. <laughs> man, I'm <laughs> telling you. But you know, it was like, well, let's don't reinvent the wheel. What does the IMB have? And you know, we we uh, talked to them and uh, had they, you know, hey, we run a guest house. And it's like, okay, let's do that. And uh, but anyways, I mean, so we're on the field and it's like, OK, well, do we look to the IMB for all of our needs or it's like, no, man, we we look to our church uh, for our needs. And, you know, how do we support, you know, what's going on in the guest house? So, you know, we love to mobilize. We love to say, hey, come on out. We're going to do this, this, this and this. What do you who do you have? Can you send them? We'll hook them up and, and with the platforms or the teams you know, with our advocates, we're training them, teaching them, you know, how to be an advocate. We'll take the short term teams. We take internships, you know, we, all the things that we talked about. Yeah. And, you know, this is what not only I think, you know, missionaries are supposed to be sharing the gospel, but they also should be working with their local churches to show them how they can be connected with the missionaries on the
2: field. So to clarify that a little bit, from from my point of view, the IMB is a great organization. It's one of the best mission sending agencies or organizations there are. But the church is supposed to be sending missionaries. Now, we do it through the IMB. But with that send, you have to be connected. If you're not sending out a missionary, you need to be connected to a missionary.
0: Yeah. Amen. And it may not be out of your church. I mean, True. you may Amen. get connected with somebody. Well, I mean, you think about the other family that we talked about yep. a while ago with John and Sharon. Yep. I mean, they actually ended up joining our church later. They did. I mean, they actually ended up becoming members after yep. probably, what, eight years or 10 Some years? Yep. Because their church kind of dissolved. didn't dissolve. It just forgot about them, I yes. guess. Yeah. And so they became members of our church and... and uh, So, man, it was awesome.
2: So when we were working with the Chatty and Arabs, we always wanted to have the teams that we took out be something that God wanted. So we never really said this is going to be a a business team or this is going to be a sports team. We, We aimed in those directions, but we never made it concrete. For an example, they always wanted a dental team. Every single year we tried to get a dental team. We could never get a dental team to come from our church. But what ended up happening was a church in California got on board with the Chadian Arabs and that church ended up sending a dental dental team out there. So with working with other churches and networking, Mm -hmm. we were able to uh, facilitate getting things that were really needed for the missionaries in Chad.
0: And I want to ping off of that because one of the things that we haven't talked about that we did in the early days and we started this is we had what we would call an advocacy conference uh-huh. or an advocacy summit. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That was one of the, and we've done that with our other people groups. too. we even did one like yeah. uh, we were, had one plan this year with one of our Middle Eastern partners. And then we did one the year before with the West African partners. And, it, and sometimes it works great. Sometimes it doesn't. But I'm thinking about the Chadian one. Yeah. We brought people. We had three of them. Uh, we had probably no less than 40 people at the lowest. We had 80 at one. I remember, mm-hmm. One guy who was with another organization, we had uh, stood up and said, I've never seen anything like this, all these groups working together. Right. So it can work, yep. but we did those conferences. And, and, and Susan, pinging up what you just said, I'll never forget. That church in California mm-hmm. came to our advocacy conference. Yes. They were not Southern Baptist, and we were mm-hmm. talking about the needs and who wants to do what and how do you do this. And so uh, I remember Tom standing up and saying, we'll, we'll we'll pay for that. Yeah. And I mean, just like that, he he strokes a check, I yeah. have it in my hand, we give it to the field and they paid for this part of it. And another yeah. group paid for this part. And it's not just about money. I mean, it yeah. was about, like you said, they brought a dental team exactly. out and we worked together. So, you know, if you're interested in finding out more about those advocacy teams, I hope you'll give me a call. You can just contact me on the website. But those initially were great things it does take a lot of work to, to, to massage it and work it from stateside. It yeah. really does. Yeah. It does indeed.
1: Yeah, it doesn't happen overnight. You you have to work it. It does.
0: You have, and, and again, the advocate team is great at helping uh, that.
1: You know? Yeah, well, again, it goes back to passion. You know, if we had no passion for seeing what God was going to do with not only our uh, uh, skill sets but also partnering with the missionaries uh, to the unreached people groups of the world, you know, it, it's not going to go anywhere. I mean – Folks, you got it. You got to move. You got to have action. <laughs> you got to sometimes get on your knees, but sometimes you got to get up and walk.
2: You know, we often say that uh, if you can't do anything but pray, pray. If you can do more, then you give and pray. Mm. But what you need to do is go and pray and give.
0: Yeah. yeah and, and that's one of the things we noticed about um, going was, was trips. And some people, you know... I've seen this with some, we we usually don't work with missionaries that don't want us to come. Right. Because one of the things I've told them is if we want to build that passion, then people have to see it, touch it, smell it, taste it. Yeah. And that's where they get the passion. And, and I think that was you
1: guys oh, when yeah. we first
0: went on that first trip.
1: Oh yeah. And, and, and let me tell you this, Kenny, you know, also that rubbed off on the short term trip people that we took uh, they right. came back and they, right. they caught the passion. They saw that their skill sets were usable on the field yeah. and back at home yeah, and, and that inspired them to other things back in the church. Absolutely. Uh, not only, you know, are they participating now more in the church, they have passion, but you know, they're giving, they're praying, they're doing things that they wouldn't have done if they hadn't gone. I, I don't have proof positive data, but I had a guy at a church in my home state of Texas
0: uh, tell me his pastor there in my local area. And he said, you know, I did a little survey. He said, I did a survey of people's giving before they went on the, on, on a short-term trip and afterwards and their involvement. How much do they do? And he said, In every case, it went up. Yeah. And so a lot of times we look at short-term trips and we go, missionary might go, Oh, I gotta have those people there, or the church is going, Oh, I don't want to spend that money, you know, from right. both sides. And I'm looking at it going, you don't understand. And and I will tell you as as a trustee, uh, what Tim and Susan are saying about missionaries working with churches that that's what we want <laughs> you know uh as the as the former chairman of the mobilization committee that's what we got to have right. you know we got to have churches that are that are engaging that are saying we don't have to always have i mean we don't want to go against anything the imb does we never do that right. but we want to come alongside and say we don't have to always have super permission right to every time we want to do something we have to have work right. with our mission right. missionaries yeah Beyond yeah. that, you know, go. Well,
1: it's got to be generated out of the church. It's not going to be generated out of IMB. They're sending missionaries. They're not sending short-term teams. I mean, yes, they can. They, they do. But, I mean, it really has to come uh, more from the uh, sending churches. Yeah, yeah. So, Well, guys,
0: this has been great. How about parting shots? Anything you want to... Let our audience know. Susan's smiling over here. I don't mean, don't get your gun out, girl. I'm not talking about those kind of shots. Uh, anything y'all want to say to encourage our audience? And maybe there's a, mission, a a person that's looking to go to the mission field that's saying, man, I want to advocate like that. Or maybe there's a uh, pastor, church staff member, or layperson, person. What would y'all say? So
2: uh, before we went back to, to Africa this last time, uh, one of the things that we did, we were able to go talk to a lot of people. And the one comment that we heard a lot was, um, wow, I could never do that. I could never sell my business, leave my grandkids, sell my house. I could never do that. And my response was always, you could never be obedient because to us, that's what it was. It was mm. just obedience. Mm-hmm so god's calling you to something mm-hmm. you just need to find out what it is and be obedient yeah
1: yeah yeah and i would say um, um pray for your missionaries uh you know those who are even in the first world um uh, parts of the world it's tough uh you know i thought we knew what we were getting ourselves into and we did for a big big part of it but uh you know going to a third world country seemed tougher <laughs> Uh, and so you need to, you know, get to know your missionaries either from your church or from your area or whatever, and pray for them or, or make contact with them just in, find a way to encourage them because you know what, when we were advocates for our guys in uh, Chad, um, they said, Hey, just, just tell us what's your, what's going on in your life. You know, what's, what's the, the price of gas today, you know, or whatever. And it was kind of like, that's weird, you know, um, but we didn't do a great job with that. I mean, we communicated, but we didn't always t- you know, tell them just about life. And though, now we, we get out to the field. We're, we're in Africa and it's like, just talk to us. Just tell us what's going on in your life, you know? So uh, we understand that uh, that now. So I'm just, you know, I, I don't know if you hear my passion in that. But yeah, they, they, they would love to hear from you, whether they know you're not. Just communicate with them. Let them know that you're praying for them. Or, or whatever, just send them something. And uh, that would be such an encouragement for them. Well, that's great. Well, guys, I want to thank you for joining me. And uh, if you
0: have any questions for myself or for Tim and Susan, you can contact me through the website at KennyMack.com And uh, we want to thank you for listening. Guys, thanks for joining me. Thanks, thank you, Kenny. Uh,